Alright lads, this podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcast and network. Visit VicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcast, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling. Sometimes you get bored of N64, so let's watch wrestling till our eyes get sore. We love the Tepoli, but there's so much more wrestling around the world. Making friends and making times and wrestling around the world. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 20 of Sarah and Sarah Wrestling Around the World. Um, I think it's been about seven months since this podcast was recorded and um, I think a lot has happened in the wrestling world since then a lot of changes um, but what hasn't changed is WXW's 16 karat gold tournament that took place in March 2020 and um, myself and a ton of other people from the UK and Ireland amongst other countries went and traveled over and um, unfortunately Sarah couldn't be there along with Alan and um, who were hugely missed and are basically the reason why we all actually travel over there and um, so really really unfortunate that those guys couldn't be there but I know that they're now catching up on demand and I'm sure enjoying it as much as we did when we were over there so I figured let's not stop the party let's just get a podcast going let's get something together so I traveled long and hard you could call it a journey I journeyed through the islands and found myself landing on a gorilla island so this you could call this a crossover episode of sorts even though i'm technically on both podcasts so is it really a crossover i don't know but please welcome my co-hosts of the critically acclaimed in my book it's my acclaimed (laughs) podcast journey through gorilla island uh so now i have on the line i have zig barry and emma hello hello hey (laughs) So I suppose I'll just start with the order that I just said the names in. Zig, if you want to go first to tell us a bit about yourself, how you started watching WXW, and then Barry and Emma, you guys follow his lead. Okie doke. Well, I'm Zig, as Sarah said. Um, And my first experience of WXW, like all of us, was through Alan. But it was way back in, I think, 2012, maybe 2013, um he had gone once and he we were all on the f4w figure four wrestling message board and he came back absolutely raving about us and i'd already gone on a trip to dragon gate uk with him and he wanted you know some people to go with him to the germany trip on the germany trip as well um and i was meant to go on that but i chickened out at the very last minute and i think it was the year shingo won and I've regretted it ever since because of I'd probably be going every year and the amount of talent I'd have seen in those intervening 10 years. But the first one I did go to was then two years ago when the likes of yourself, Sarah and Barry uh, decided to go. And then I had that sort of safety net. So that was my first one. Um, I followed a, a very similar pattern to Zig. I was uh, on the observer board with him as well and that's how I kind of got to know Alan and stuff like that Um, uh, and so uh, I knew I I knew mostly of 
everything that would fall under the umbrella of WXW through Allen. He just he 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 raved about it so much even before he he went. Um, and then when he started going, I just remember those quite a number of years. I'm not sure if he was trying to get me that 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 second time he was going back. Um, but I, I do remember, you know, he, he kind of had a reputation for trying to rally people in the following years to get people to go. And I was always one of the ones saying, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'd watched tiny pieces here and there. I watched, I think the first WXW match I watched was like the 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 big acclaimed uh, Outsiders uh, hot and spicy match that I really loved. But I never really considered going. And then, uh, yeah, my first year was the same as Ziggs, 2018. Um for whatever reason, it just felt like there was a, a gang going, and, and like himself, I was just like, yeah, you know, it's it's just, there's enough people there going now that I'm not going to be on my own in terms of travel, but also in terms of socializing and stuff like that. And I think also, I think we were coming off the heels of like that big, 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 really, really, really acclaimed, much talked about final in 2017 uh, with Ilya and Walter, which I watched and loved, and I loved it as a match, and I, I thought the atmosphere at the shows looked really, really great. And when I realized there was actually a decent collection of English and Irish people going, I was like, yeah, why not? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. And, uh, yeah, haven't looked back since. So uh, so 2018 was my first, and this is my uh, – this most recent one, yeah, it was number three and number four overall for, for WXW trips. Hello. Um, I When did I start watching WXW? I started – I was kind of introduced to it with um Shingo's tour of Europe when I started looking for kind of Shingo matches this I think was like maybe it definitely wasn't at the time but it was maybe six months or nine months later um and I kind of stumbled across this tournament and so from then on I would kind of keep up to it keep up with it until maybe like 2014 I dropped off a bit but um I could I'd always thought about going but I was never able to because at the time I was taking exams which were constantly on the week of carrot and the week of tag league so luckily for WXW I quit law (laughs) so I was able to go to carrot for the first time last year um with you guys and then went again this year I actually don't think people really know my experiences of WXW. I don't think I ever really talk about it. Um, well, actually, no, I probably do. That's a lie. Because, of course, my first experiences of watching WXW was uh, Chris Abel against Tyler Black in 2009. Um, <laughs> I was, you could say, a prolific member of a Chris Sabin fan website. Because, of course, I was. I was 14 years old and obsessed with wrestling and obsessed with the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, and that's how I kept up with WXW for quite a number of years and then I dropped off in the mid uh this was 2010s what do you even call that yeah I'd say from maybe 2012 to 2016 I didn't really pay any attention to WXW and then I suppose that me getting really back into independent wrestling more so European wrestling I started watching again and um, with Axel Dieter Jr his rise to the top of the company and um, and then me going to carry for the first time in 2018 actually came about uh, through our friend Jenna who messaged me one day and was like Sarah I'm going to go to 16 Carrot do you want to come and I that was honestly one of the best messages I ever got Um, I immediately said yes bought tickets I think on Christmas Eve 2017 um, and yeah I went to, to 16 Carrot for the first time in, in, in 2018 and haven't looked back since 
I think I've been to every tournament weekend since that carrot and with an 18th anniversary thrown in there in the mix um, to, to see Axel Dieter Jr. live. So um, WXW is a very important company, I think, um, in terms of building friendships and just going and traveling. It's become really um, a destination for European wrestling fans uh, to, to meet up, to see some of their favorite wrestlers, to see some wrestlers they never thought they'd get to see live. Um, so really in that, I think this year's Carrot 2020, the field was really, really diverse, really, really diverse. Um, but not also like not just for the wrestlers, but I think for the people in attendance. So um, I think now is the time before we get into the wrestling mumbo jumbo, I suppose. Um, what makes Carrot special and what made this Carrot really special for you? I don't know who wants to go first. Who has some stories to tell or kick us off with a story and can all get involved? Well, la- la- our last night of 16 Carrot was revolving around Barry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, although I will say not at my uh, not at my suggestion. I think it's a story that needs to be. <laughs> okay, I, I I would I would agree with that, but it's also a story that on the night. Um, I was not the uh, I was not the storyteller. You know what I mean? Well, if I'll I'll take this story. Oh, will you? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, this is one of my favorite Barry stories. Um, it's it's not actually really a card story because it is it is from Trinity Brawl too. Um, Barry took a picture of himself uh, beside the ring when I was it Justy was laid out yeah on the ring kind of unconscious and Barry thought it'd be a nice moment to take a picture of himself um and he posted it and um one of his friends <laughs> photoshopped the picture onto um oh maybe I should go okay <laughs> There's so many layers to There's this. There's so story. much backstory and lore to this, you know. <laughs> and so essentially, Sofia Vergara, star of hit show Modern Family, was once taken to a PWG show where she similarly took a picture of herself uh, beside the ring and captioned it, uh, oh my God, I think they're dead. Um, and so Barry's picture was photoshopped onto the same kind of Instagram backdrop as Sofia Vergara with Sofia commenting, oh, my God, I think they're dead. <laughs> and we had had a lot to drink. This was a bring BYOB wrestling. Um, but Barry thought that this image was real and thought that Sofia Vergara had posted a picture of Barry on her Instagram within seconds of him posting it on Twitter but also the photo was kind of distorted so Barry's face is stretched out um uh, she's always you know so <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories so I brought it up on the last night of Garrett and we spent the kind of I'd say maybe three hours laughing at this and we all changed our profile pictures to Barry's distorted face and this yes. is so childish when I retell it, but God, it was fun. We're lying on the floor. 
like tears. We couldn't form sentences. Our sides were splitting. I couldn't breathe. Uh, yeah, at Barry's expense. <laughs> but I also remember the on uh, the the night that originally happened as well. I was at the bar as this was happening at uh, the night of Trinity Brawl, and so someone replied to my tweet with the picture of 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 my image on Sofia Vergara's Instagram. <laughs> I didn't see it. I came back from the bar. People were were laughing at it because it was a funny image and. Uh, Emma she showed her phone to me and the image <laughs> was on the phone. And just because, you know, I had a little, had a little bit to drink and I wasn't cognizant of what I was really seeing. And so I just saw her name, her Instagram page and my picture. And the, the way I revealed to them that I did not know what was happening was I asked Emma, how did she get my picture so fast? <laughs> Um. So so, and that's just caused an eruption of laughter and and uh, uh, cemented a moment in time and in history. Uh, yeah. And this is about when you retelling this story in in Germany. This was about was it three a.m. Uh, no, it, it wasn't. Well, maybe yeah. It might have been. Um, and I think that's kind of at the. The, the core of uh, what we like about these uh, uh, these Germany trips um, is there is that that social element of it. And this one in particular, I, I think I can't I think this was the least amount of sleep I've had at a uh, one of these Germany trips because we just were just up so so late testing the patience of the trip bar uh, reception staff uh, on a nightly basis. Uh, but that's that's such a huge aspect of, of, of what we do. And it's, you know, it's also like some of the crew of people who are there because you've got English, Irish, you've got, you know, obviously you've got some some locals, but you have some other people as well from all over Europe. And it's like it's kind of like the one or two times a year you'll probably see most of these people. And so it's uh, uh, it's 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 a big uh, a big social gathering and a big a big hub for wrestling fans as well. So we can swap stories about, you know, uh, stupid things I've done. Yeah, there is a lady that works there at the trip, and her name is Valerie. And I remember from Tag Fest previous, she was also on nights working at the trip bar whilst we'd all come back really late from shows or after parties or, or whatnot. And, and we would gather in the bar, which is meant to be a 24-hour bar. I just want to clarify, we weren't loitering around reception when everything's closed. One of the big draws of staying in the trip is the 24-hour bar. So, of course, you're going to hang around, have a few drinks with your friends. Um, where else are you going to go to your room and sleep like a square? No, you're going to stay down there. <laughs> so, I thought I built up a kinship with Valerie. At, at <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I feel like our group really connected with her because we weren't loud sometimes. We weren't the most boisterous group. And, you know, we were respectful. You know, we didn't make a mess. We weren't the ones breaking glasses. You know, we were we were good. We were good people. Um, and I built up a friendship with Valerie. I was in the in the lounge waiting one night for everyone to come back. You know, I ended up being the lost property person. I thought me and Valerie, you know, we were cool. But this time she was not having any of us. She hated us. You know why, though? You know who she was missing? <laughs> now if the hickster was there to, <laughs> to smooth things over i don't think there'd have been any problems 
Oh dear. She has to go to what's it called? Catch Grand Prix. Five yeah. No, she's she's booked that week off. Oh, oh yes, she she made me and Zig tell her when the next WXW weekend was so she could book it up. And and she actually wrote it down as well. She wasn't missing. Um, and it's her birthday week, isn't it? Oh god, yes, yeah, so. it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's funny because um, I think legends. I think Zig, me and you were the last ones <laughs> up there one of the nights. Um, uh, it was about seven o'clock or whatever it was. I think that was after party night. Yeah. Uh, and so we were all going our separate ways and, and everyone dissipated. And as you and I uh, were heading uh, uh, off into the, the, the night, uh, we got a, 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 a mammy-esque. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. Oh, am I expected to clean this up? Um, <laughs> yeah, which in hindsight, I probably should have gone. Yeah. Barry. Um, what? Well, so she works at the hotel. Okay, I don't know why I'm surprised when you left your McDonald's rubbish on the table, but go on. Wait, when did I do that? In McDonald's. Oh, sorry, McDonald's. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I, she like, made made us gather up. Sorry, McDonald's, but Valerie, you can clean up my fucking glasses. But no, she made me and Zig clean up like 12 people's worth of glasses and rearranged the furniture and stuff like that. And then they made us cover the, the dates for when the next WXW weekend was. Um, the other thing is well about about the trip is that, so we've talked here, obviously. And another like, thing. And another thing is that, like, it's the, their 24-hour bar. They have, like, I think, like, two tables and a couple of seats that they designate the bar. And then the rest of it's just a couple of seats in reception. Uh, so I think that they don't think the 24-hour bar is as much of a selling point as we obviously do, which is why I feel the staff are a little bit caught off guard whenever we're there. Um, but uh, yeah, clean up your own glasses or, or, or give me some of your wages. <laughs> oh yeah, we God. should ask for a discount. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was night two or three. Um I think what makes these Germany trips really, really special, I think, is the fact that everyone kind of does things together. Um, if you're someone who enjoys your own company, I don't really think these trips are where you're going to get away from everyone and have a nice, relaxing holiday. Because everywhere you turn, there's just people. There's people everywhere. You can't get away from them. You go to the pub, you go to McDonald's, you go to Centro, which is the big shopping centre where all the restaurants are. There's someone around at all times. So you find yourself just mingling with like the most random groups over the weekend. And I think that's what happens to us. We always end up just meeting new people because they just see us laughing for like 10 minutes without uttering a word and they just cling to us. Humble brag. <laughs> um, yes, I think some people will find this highly irritating, but then other people who just want to laugh and who love to laugh, like we love to laugh, uh, they will be drawn to us. <laughs> I love your phrase. That. There's some dry shites who might get on with us. <laughs> no, but like, obviously, I know my laugh and my screaming can be very irritating for people. And I'm okay with that. No one jumped in to say no. (laughs) (laughs) I would never stifle Emma like that. (laughs) I will say this, though. 
we really what happens to us on these weekends as well is we just talk about random shite and then you sit down and we just talk about wrestling and I think one of the highlights of this weekend and I think it's it's time to shout them out now I think you know we're going to get into our wrestling MVPs later on in the show but I think from a social standpoint um if you guys haven't seen his uh, infamous now Eddie Kingston promo on Twitter, uh, Young Sean. Um, Young Sean. Just this guy came over from Ireland, his first trip over to Carrot, and I think he blew us all away, not only with his impressions of nearly every single wrestler you can think of, from Eddie Kingston, like I mentioned, to Macho Man Randy Savage, to, to Bubba Ray Dudley, but just his Jamie extent- Noble. Jamie Noble, um, <laughs> when uh, Nidia was blind, um, to the dense of knowledge of wrestling. And it, it's something that really blows my mind when I meet people for the first time and actually talk to them properly. I'm like, we all come from, you know, different backgrounds, but we're all gathering just because we love wrestling so much. And just to find out what people's interests are and what they're watching. And he just blew me away that weekend. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it's it's it was really surprising because we had interacted very briefly at um, a pre OTT bowling gathering um, last year, and he was nice and we got along well. And I was like, you know, he will he'll you know he'd be a nice addition at, uh, at at a carrot trip. But I did not expect um, uh, to to kind of. Uh, get to know him as well as we did over the course of the holiday and to, to for him to really be the life and soul as he was. And as you said at the beginning there, there's there's always something like that. You'll always bump into someone either that you never knew or that you only kind of kind of knew and stuff like that. And you do get to know each other uh, super well on a weekend like that. And yeah, I feel like I felt bad from towards the end of the weekend. I was like, this man has been asked to do 300 impressions by 300 different people um but we were getting our, our value out of him because you know now you know who, who knows when we'll when we'll see him next when we're all together for the wrestling so we all had to get our, uh, our our money's worth there when we were with him talk about barry getting the same donut three times if you want <laughs> that, that is not a story that is not a story <laughs> okay story how fucking tasty it was but <laughs> What was the flavor of this? Chocolate sprinkles. Come on. Free chocolate sprinkles. He's Homer Simpson. Don't give it. Another legend. Another legend. Zig, don't try and throw me to the wolves as the ultimate plain boy here. What? Like, don't 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 get elitist with with donut uh, toppings. Sarah, I had uh, maple, <laughs> um, lemon. Maple's <laughs> not even a flavour. Like, well, at least lemon's a flavour, but who put it on a donut? A psychopath. What? And I just had a plain glazed one, you know, to refresh. Yeah, the ones that look like they've got come up. Uh, oh my god. Glazed donuts are actually my favourite donuts. I They're my favourite too. Uh, you really stepped in it this time, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh there is oh there is one type of donut on my face now <laughs> gummy donut oh, there's egg flour and the other ingredients of donuts on my face anyway. <laughs> so obviously we all go to WXW for the wrestling and before we get into the matches of the weekend and um, if everyone wants to go through their favorite matches but first I just want to go and 
go around and who was the biggest name you're looking forward to that weekend and um, when you know all 16 participants were announced obviously we had some people pull out and in ambition and Alex Shelley couldn't be there etc etc but um from the tournament who was the biggest name for you and I'll start with Emma because I think I know who that is well the biggest name for me would have to be Yearn. no and um, it was Black Taurus I was so excited when Black Taurus was announced that I would get to see him because I think when he was announced, I didn't know he was doing a European tour. Um, so I don't know if he was announced for that first or it, yeah, no, it was for WXW first. So um, yeah, that was huge. Um, I thought he was going to be great and he would have mixed in really well. He had something different and I think it would be a lot of people's first time seeing him as well. Um, I think mine is Black Taurus too because I I think I'd seen everyone else. So he was he was like these these tournaments are a big thing for me for sort of seeing people for the first time. And I think most of the fields or all of the fields I'd seen uh, before. So I, I I was actually looking forward to Leo Rush when he was announced, but alas, he is a rapper now. So I'll stick with Black Taurus. Yeah, like Zig, I think the two the two ones I was most interested in got pulled. I was really interested in seeing Leo Rush because um, uh, I'd seen him before, but not in any kind of special match. Whereas I thought seeing him for the full weekend would have been cool. Uh, but yeah, he's a rapper now, and I really, of course, really, really wanted to see Alex Shelley, but he's a doctor slash conspiracy theorist now, so he couldn't make it. Um, but uh, of the people there, I was really glad to kind of just see. A full weekend of 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 people who I already knew I loved, like Mike Bailey. Uh, like it's it's never, I'm never not excited to see him, and so to see him kill it across a whole weekend was great. Um, and yeah, just to kind of, um, I will echo purely for Emma's enthusiasm. I was very excited to see Black Taurus, and he he brought the goods. Um, I knew nothing about this man; hadn't seen him before uh, that tournament. So it was uh, that he was the one big new surprise X factor for me that weekend. Yeah, I think Black Taurus, I think everyone just kind of had meat and beef in their heads. <laughs> the minute that he came out, there was a lot of chance for, for uh, big, meaty men. And, and that's exactly what, what Black Taurus is. Um, and he was against Erie in the first round, obviously. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, For me, yeah, Alex Shelley was definitely the big draw. I remember when he was announced, I think we we're actually in a queue for an OTT show. Um, in the ringside and I just remember him being announced in just pure elation um, because I haven't seen him in over 10 years and he was a big part obviously of me getting into independent wrestling um, but apart from him I was actually really excited to see Eddie Kingston um, because he was meant to be in Tag Fest previously um, so I was really looking forward to seeing him go through a full tournament and obviously Eddie Kingston anytime you put a microphone in that man's hands you get magic and it's just interesting enough, like Alex Shelley, just going back to him for a second, like he's a former WXW champion. <laughs> he held that belt whenever they do their rundown of all the previous champions, like he's in there. And he's someone, when I went to the media center, I actually asked the question, what were your plans for him for the weekend? And um, like, who was he meant to be against? And are you going to bring him in again in the future? And they first said that, well, they've been trying to book Alex Shelley for 16 years. 
um, which is pretty insane you think about it 16 years of trying to book this one person and he still hasn't managed to come over to Germany yet being a former champion like he won that belt I think when they were doing their their thing with CZW mm. CZW I should say um and they wouldn't tell me what he was supposed to do for the weekend they wouldn't tell me what match he was supposed to be in which it kind of annoyed me if you don't have like they have plans to bring him back in but surely I don't know what it would have spoiled like who would you but, want to see Alex Shetty against? But didn't Tass do that for Tagfest too, when people asked him what the original plan was after all the, the shake-ups with WWE pulling guys, and he was like, oh, you never know, we might do that some year. So he, he wouldn't tell people. I feel that's just the way he is. Yeah, it's it's all three of them when you're at those media centres. Like, I will say they are very open and honest about certain things. I mean, people probably heard all the news about White Mother coming out of the weekend and he's pretty much gone from WXW at this point due to him telling WXW that he would not be appearing, I think, three days before the tournament was due to kick off. Um, Ambition was due to be in. Literally just a text message to say, yeah, I won't be there. So they've pretty much cut ties with him, and it, it's probably a good thing. I think Vite's done with wrestling. He's pulling down his uh, merch store. He's posting some really strange things on Twitter, really right-wing conspiracy theories. Know, giving out the coronavirus and um, I wanted to try to get through the show without saying that but yeah they're they're quite coy about some things but other things they're quite open about and I don't really know anything I suppose booking or uh, WXW related uh, sorry NXT UK related they, they are quite tight-lipped on. I originally had in my head that Jay Skillet would have been who he'd have been against because he was at that time when he was announced when Shelley was announced he was the shotgun champion um and they, they do seem to, when they bring in guys like they brought in Wolf as a surprise last year, they sort of seem to challenge for the shotgun title. And I actually really liked the idea of that match. I thought they'd have gelled really well. And I thought it would have been a nice little um, booster for night three, which in hindsight it needed. So, yeah, that's my choice. Oh, it was for night two, but anyway, whatever. Uh, I, was, um, uh, I was thinking just based on... Shelley's attitude and 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 the kind of thing he likes and his kind of public interest in this that um that Maccabee match Daniel Maccabee would have made the most sense um I think a lot of people were were, were expecting that but um look thinking back and looking at the field I know it wouldn't have been possible because he was still in the tournament but a, a speedball Alex Shelley match probably would have been excellent um uh, again you know logistically speedball was in the tournament but just you know for talking you know uh most most exciting prospective match based on who was there um i think that would have been one of them but um i think the maccabee one just makes sense especially because and i think we might talk about this more like later when we get to like ambition and stuff like that but i feel like wxw is a, a wrestling nerds promotion and i think the people in charge would a listen to the wrestlers but b they themselves would see the value in a real um <clears throat> a real wrestler's wrestler getting in there with a, a guy like Shelley um so uh, I feel like the Maccabee match it, it basically made itself but uh maybe another time um yeah no I would have loved to have seen speedball Alex Shelley um but as Barry was saying that wouldn't really have made sense with him in the tournament I don't think him facing anyone who was in the tournament would have made sense really so I don't know is my answer so I 
got my whiteboard out and I was, you know, thinking of all these theories <laughs> that Alex Shetty was supposed to be against and like that gif. And I just had it in my head. I think a lot of people did too on, on, on the tweet machine that he would have been like, would have been against Maccabi. Um, Maccabi wins ambition and then nearly as his reward instead of having to face Marius Alani and losing on night two, which was an absolute disgrace and made no sense, he would then actually face Alex Shelley instead and just have an absolute technical clinic, which I would have absolutely loved because Alex Shelley is one of the best at that. But when you mention speedball, I think that's really interesting because that's a match that really, when you think about it, isn't going to really be able to take place anywhere else. You know, speedball is still banned from entering the U.S., and Alex Shelley doesn't really travel for wrestling. And this was, you know, going to be a major thing for him to come over just for one night for WXW, obviously because of his shoot job. So now that you mentioned it, speedball would have been great. But yeah, it, it wouldn't have made sense because he was still in the tournament and, and did make it to the finals, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later. But yeah, just speaking of um, Maccabe, speedball, uh, they were also in Ambition, like we brought up. Um, I think Ambition is one of the absolute standouts of 16 Carat Weekend. Um, I think WXW really tried to bring Ambition, uh, the, like the shoot style, to the forefront and have been doing so for quite a long time. It's something that I think they do best. Obviously, we have Bloodsport that is due to run mainly weekend. Uh, um, obviously, probably not going to go ahead, but they've done other iterations of it as well. Um, so there's like other companies now doing this, but I think WXW um, were one of the first companies to, to bring it back, I suppose. Um, just I want to talk about Ambition, your highlights and um, getting to see the crazy Ikeda Ishikawa match, the Young Guns. Um, Barry, what were some of your highlights from the tournament? Well, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a highlight every single year of 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 the of the trips we've made. Um, and yeah, the uh, the young guns that you mentioned there, getting to see them just batter the hell out of each other was was very very entertaining. Um, uh, especially because I I had not seen their Tetsujin match, but I had heard great things about it, and so obviously getting to be live for this one was great. But uh, the uh, I think I think the kind of standout for me, I mean, it was it was great it was great overall, and I don't know if this was the best match. I, I it definitely wasn't the best match, but I think the Mike Bailey uh, Scotty Davis match uh, was was really really something to to to, beho- to behold because obviously we were we were there when they had a a more uh, traditional wrestling match in OTT uh, last year. And it was really, really excellent. It was a great match, and they they went all out, and they kind of had an epic, uh, um, you know, kind of super indie style match where they kicked out a loads of stuff, and it was a big uh, career defining thing for Scotty at the time. And then see them go in here and just have what was like a three or four minute match where they just they went super real with it. They were they were very stiff. They were being very aggressive. They were they were grappling a little bit. It was like. Two completely different matches, both great, both completely different styles, uh, and it really reminded you how both they great are. But also, like this could be a, a tremendous career rivalry to, to to follow. I could see, I could see them locking up many, many, many more times uh, uh, in the years to come. Especially as Speedball is kind of something of a, a of a mainstay among the OTT imports. So that was really cool to see. And also, you know, even since the last time we saw him in Germany, to see the international fans taking more and more to Scotty every time is uh, really, really great. Um, yeah. Um, I th- as Barry said, ambition really is the thing 
everyone really looks forward to besides like the tournament because it's just something so different and I remember like going last year for my like getting to see my first ambition the three of you being so excited for me to go to it because you just knew that it was going to be something that I would love and they did um and this year was no different um I was really excited to see the young guns because when they when we saw them at OTT they really impressed me and I had heard about the Tetsujin match and I watched it then kind of in preparation for 16 Carat and I thought it was amazing I love seeing like friends and kind of tag teams fighting each other because they really don't hold back and especially in this sort of style match it was just amazing Rob and I like that um, How do I follow that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean it in a perverted way. I mean because I just like um I like when people fight. And um yeah, and I loved seeing Scotty. And I think he did I think he did really well. Oh, and that, that uh big Heisenberg guy, he was great. Just because he was really big and it took me by surprise. <laughs> For me it was definitely the super fight like i'd have that up there with one of the most enjoyable like match experiences of my life um these two men in their early 50s just went hell for leather and beat the holy bejesus out of each other and it was brilliant and it was it had a good story to it as well it wasn't just violence for the sake of violence and it was the first time I've ever seen anyone busted open by a shoot headbutt, which is always cool. <laughs> so, well, now I'm sounding more sadistic than Emma, but um, yeah, that was one of the the best spectacles. I, like, I think it's one of my favorite experiences overall for WXW trips was that match. So that would be my highlight of ambition. I, I couldn't believe they were early 50s, but I guess when, when you look at the style of match they were having, it makes a, a whole lot more sense. They've had a, it's, been, it's been a hard old few years, I'd say. Especially Ishikawa. Like, he looks very old. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although we did recently find out he has been very injured as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, God, you, yeah, when you, and you, when you think of, like, the, that having that match while he was obviously presumably was was you know it was known he was going to have to go in for surgery soon that's just that's that's a pro wrestler for you yeah it was great to watch but also I've never felt emotions like I felt watching that and that was because I did begin to feel physically sick just the stress of it all they were really stressing me out I thought one of them could easily die <laughs> I thought that would be something that I'd like but it turns out maybe that's a bit too far for me. No, that's All the right, thrill, Emma. She's, she's that's up, the thrill. She's one up to you there, Zig. Come on. You have to get, you have, now you have to go even weirder. Go on. I did. I just said that's the thrill of it. Oh, Emma, he's double down. Go on. What, what I'm saying isn't weird. What I'm saying I, is oh, I didn't I, want the old man to die. I wanted the young children to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I laughed throughout the whole super fight because I just couldn't believe how outrageous it was that these men were you know running the ropes and then just fucking headbutting each other it's like what the fuck is going on I just laughed and laughed and then got scared and then laughed again um but I think WXW that is what makes it special the fact that they they announced this I think it was at Tagfest um at the Ambition Wildcard Tournament 
that this match would be happening. They announced that this match was happening at that and apparently so many wrestlers in the back freaked out, staff freaked out, like it was just something else. Um like I think that is what makes them special because Tass, um, Felix and and Dennis, who who are the bookers of WXW, they run WXW now, um, they are massive wrestling fans. Like Tass first saw the Young Guns when he actually refereed for them at Tetsujin. Um, he was the one that ref that match, and that was the first time he ever saw them. And from that match, he knew that he had to bring them over to WXW. So it is good to know that the people running this company do watch a lot of wrestling. You know, they're massive fans, and they're they're massive nerds as well. Um, for all their flaws, which I really want to get into later because it's been something that's been bugging me since leaving 16 Carat for all their flaws they are nerds and they do book great talent diverse talent and having something like ambition is very very special and I think um just a shout out Daniel Maccabe won ambition which was very very deserving he was the runner-up at the wildcard tournament he's runner-up at the Toronto tournament that they ran last year um and he won it whilst wearing um green white and orange trunks and an Ireland jersey and it just the minute I think we all agree the minute that we saw him well first of all the trunks because he's wearing his jacket and scarf over it and the minute we saw him wearing that jersey uh, we wished our friend Jamesy was there especially seeing because we saw so much Maccabee and he's I think he is the Maccabee guy of all of us Um, not even a I don't think that's much of a reach to say at all Um, but getting to see him run the gamut in in ambition and get a good showing um, on the main shows as well was great so Karish that little old tournament we all went to. Moving on to the tournament itself, I think I've talked already, I think at length, I'm repeating myself so much, um, just of how diverse the field was. So I'm just going to kick off with some of my highlights. I think the first match of the whole tournament itself, uh, Chris Ridgway, Speedball Mike Bailey, was the best way they could have kicked off uh, 16 Carat. It Straight away from the get-go, it was just... Like really stiff kicks, Chris Ridgeway since um him him going to Japan, going to Noah, I think he's really really improved. Um, if you saw Chris Ridgeway maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, his he looked quite soft to be honest. It looked like nothing really landed, whereas now he's really really laying stuff in. Um, especially his um PK kick. Uh, like that for me, it's still one of my favorite matches of the weekend. I gave it four stars on the sheet, uh, very, very important, and on the grapple app, which is also really, really helpful to track stuff. Um, I absolutely really loved that. Um, so, you guys, what are some of your highlights from night one, if we'll start with Zig? From night one, um, I'd have to echo your sentiment about Ridgeway and Bailey. And then I enjoyed Irie and Taurus. And then I'd say... The second best match on the card was probably Julian Pace against Bandido, which I was pretty happy for Pace um, because he was injured at Tag Fest, so he didn't get to really like it. It seemed like it was the the start of his sort of momentum as a as a not a main eventer but a, an established guy on the WXW roster. And even though he lost to Bandido, he had a good enough showing on a weekend where there's a lot more casuals who will take him a lot more seriously. So I, I enjoyed that for what it was and for what it will probably mean for Pace down the road. And actually just J.A. winning the tag belts at the end was a good sort of feel-good moment that I wasn't expecting. And really 
the only feel good moment of any of the three nights at the end. So I should have cherished that more. Oh, JIA, I think, are a team that everyone needs to cherish. They have become a shining light in the darkness of WXW's booking sometimes. Um, it's funny for me, I'll, I'll get on to Emma and Barry's favourite moments in night one. Um, it's funny looking back, um, Tag Festival 2018, JFK won the tag titles and many people left that weekend despondent, really unhappy with the direction of WXW that you know they left the weekend on a really sour note and um, me personally I was delighted because I loved JFK um but it's just funny now seeing unfortunately Caspin's injured he's out for the foreseeable future um and he's not even traveling to shows anymore because his back is just so injured that it actually hurts for him to travel to shows anymore how that's just developed and I think they've become an absolute highlight of any WXW show they're why I watch WXW um, to be quite honest, because they're just so funny and entertaining. Um, absolute Andy going from being, you know, the winner of sixteen carat two two years ago to now being in this comedy tag team is just a sight to behold. Barry and Emma, um, whoever wants to go next, if you wanted to share your thoughts on JA as well, and then your highlights of night one. Oh, I will gladly talk about JA. They are, I think, Jay Skillers is the best thing in professional wrestling. <laughs> And I'm going to stick with that. Um, no, they were fantastic. And I really did enjoy. And it's funny because so they had the tag match at the end of night one. And like the pretty bastards are like not good. So to have everyone really enjoy that match just for goodwill alone, I feel. Um, it was really good. Yeah, everyone left really happy. Um, and besides that, the Black Taurus Erie match obviously was my favourite, but I was really, really, really disappointed that Black Taurus was knocked out. So I was happy that um, Jay Skillet and Absolute Andy could lift me out of my deep depression because I don't remember any of the other matches because I was so sad. Uh, yeah, I also really liked the tag title main event. Um I really like JA in particular. I I'm just I love Andy so much. I think he's so underrated. I think he's so versatile. Um, uh, and it was great to see him get a crowding moment. I was surprised to see the Pretty Bastards raid end so early. Well, I guess that it's not super early. They won it at, at Tag Fest, but uh, I thought I could see them going a little bit longer. But uh, no issues at all with that win. Um, they are they are tremendous. They are really really entertaining and. Uh, Andy in particular is someone who who I don't think has gotten his due outside of uh, WXW, unfortunately. But uh, great to see him still on top there at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. Andy is someone that he, in any role he's played in WXW, if he's you know top of the card and he's champion, and he was a pretty dominant champion um, after he won the belt after his 16 carat win, which was also actually very unexpected when we went in 2018 um, defeating... Uh, David Starr who, who we'll talk about pretty soon um, in the finals because everyone predicted that that was going to be David Starr's year and then coming away with absolute Andy um, the crowd not pr- not too happy with that result except for the, the absolute dads up in the in the rafters uh, chanting his name throughout the whole match um, so that was pretty entertaining then and he's still now 
you know, tag teaming with Jay, a, a tag team. I can't even remember how it was formed. I, I genuinely think he just hung around Jay and, and Francis because these it was these young, cool kids and, and he just wanted to be seen as being cool. Um, you know, even sometimes Andy walking into the bowling with uh, some young ladies on his arm. You know, he, he's definitely <laughs> he's definitely staying young, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, like Zig said, that pretty much was the only really happy moment, um, you know, on these main shows, on these on these 16 carat shows, because then we moved to, to night two. And I'm just going to go straight to the main event. It was um, career versus title with with Bobby Guns versus David Starr. Um, you know, th- this match went 40 minutes plus. Um, which is something I actually didn't really expect. I, I didn't expect Bobby Guns to go 40 minutes in a match, to be quite honest. And this was, for me, an emotional roller coaster of of just because I didn't know in the back of my mind that David Starr was probably done with the company. Um, people have talked about how he didn't really hype it up on social media, and it was kind of nearly understated going into the weekend that this could be his last match in, in WXW, um, a company where. He really made his name in in terms of the European scene. He went over there when he was when he was pretty young and, and and trained in the WXW Academy and had several lengthy stays there just training. And, and it was the first company that really gave David Starr his his name um, on these shores. You know, with with several long lengths of the Shotgun Championship. You know, he won uh, the Tag League with, with Shane Strickland. You know, he he so many accolades that he had in WXW and he just never won the big one. He never won the title. And but at that point, you know, with Walter not being a major part of the company anymore, obviously, with his um, WWE contract and he, he's busy performing on the, the UK brand. You know, there, there's nothing really left for him to do. Um, but still, this match took me on an emotional roller coaster and... I nearly got sick, to be quite honest. There was that one point I just was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I was just so emotionally invested in it. And I will be honest, I was cheering for Bobby Guns. I am a bit of a snake like that. I've, I've always cheered for Bobby Guns in um in his big matches. Now, I don't actually shout for Guns, Bobby Guns anymore because I don't want to be that fan. Um you know because you know David Starr you know you're meant to be cheering for him you want him to to stay in WXW but I always knew in the back of my mind sort of that he probably wasn't um I'm gonna go firstly to um Zig because I know that I think you agree with me on this on how good this match was and and Barry as well and then I think Emma I'll come to you last Um, uh, yeah no I did I absolutely love this match um like I know a lot of people on the night didn't and I can understand why in some ways that they were like a lot of them seem to be thinking bigger picture um, of what David Starr not being in WXW anymore meant. But <laughs> to be honest, I hadn't even considered that till the next morning. Um, and I absolutely loved it as just like a career versus title match, like a, a mask versus mask in Mexico. They pulled out all the stops and it was the WXW epic that we've come to expect from night two matches, um, like the three-way dance or Bobby Tim at Tag Fest last year and um, Bobby Andy 
at Carrot last year. Um, I think it's the one sort of match format that they have down to a T, and especially Bobby has down to a T, that they do their run-ins or their ref bumps, and you know to expect them, and there's going to be kick-outs out of 100 different finishers. And if you go in knowing that, I think you can enjoy it, and I think that's why I did enjoy it so much. Whereas if I'd gone in cold, like maybe the Andy-David Starr final, where David Starr kicked out of, I think it was four... A5s and then was finally pinned with the fifth one or an avalanche one maybe I think I'd, I'd have maybe been a bit lower on it but knowing that this is what you're going to get with them um, I thought it was perfect for that company for that night and like for that match yeah I, I was the same it was it, it's like it, they say that the title match is always on night two but I think it it's also kind of become implied at this point that they are they're going to do that style of match and now that we've seen Bobby have it a couple of times um, I think I, I went in with that expectation and I was really, really happy with what, what they got. Um, and it's funny because I, like, I don't think that like Bobby Guns is this like, in general, I don't think he's this like amazing wrestler. He's, you know, all, you know, great worker of the era or of the region or anything at all like that. I think, I think he has his limitations, but when it comes to these nights and working these styles of matches, he does always deliver. And he's in there with Star as well, who again, always delivers. Um, I just loved it. I was I was I was gripped for the whole thing, and in hindsight, you kind of look at it and go, oh yeah, well of course Star lost. Of course he lost. Why wouldn't he lose? Uh, it makes the most sense in the world. But for whatever reason, in the in the moment, I was um, I was fairly wrapped up in it, and I, I in my head the 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 suspension of disbelief was 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 working overtime, um, and I I was buying into all the near falls. I think it's because WXW they do go so uh, with the heels so often. But they pick their spots with the faces, and that we've we've seen some faces get some kind of uh, some big wins. We saw Tim obviously at Tag Fest um, get the title. So there's always there's always a chance they're going to give you that big baby face win on one of these weekends in particular. Um, uh, so I think that I think that helped the drama as well. Um, yeah, and it felt very real, especially in the post match. It felt very 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 real, um, and I appreciated that because that's something that you uh, a lot of places struggle to recreate. Yeah, so I am the odd man out here. I did not like it at all. I don't think it was because I was looking at the bigger picture, although maybe that had something to do with it, but I genuinely hated the match. And I didn't watch it. I wasn't standing with these guys when I watched it because I get really annoyed when I can hear people having conversations and there was someone having a conversation near me, so I had to leave. Because it takes me out of it. I can't not listen to the conversation. Um, So I walked around to the side and I watched it from there. And when I came back to see everyone and I saw how much they enjoyed it, I was genuinely in shock. I was like, did we watch the same match? I found it way too long. Too, like, at some... Yeah, no, just I thought it was slow. Um, I thought Bobby guns looked like he was working in slow motion and not in like a kind of a, a good steady way I didn't really like the structure of the match um, and I was bored and that is the one thing I never want to be so I hated it. Yeah I think it is a match that's, that's really dividing opinion and um, I think especially within our friend group 
Um, it's something that I think we've talked a lot about over the past few days that, you know, some of us are really high on, on the match, you know, if we want to get in, in, into ratings, you know, I'm on it 4.25. I think you guys are a bit higher than that on it. Um, it, it is something that's really dividing opinion. And I think that is the thing with a lot of the WXW main events. They, they really are divisive. Um, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worst. Um, you know, obviously we go back to maybe Ilya Dragunov against Bobby Guns at Tag Fest. If we're looking at these big weekends, you know that was the first match where it was the, the divisive chance. Um, and I think that's always a big talking point. Um, should there be these chance for, you know, a face versus a heel? And in that match, it was a face against a face, and it worked, and it was this one-time thing, and the chance was on for 20 minutes, blah, 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 and it, and it was something special. You know, and then we move on to Andy against Bobby, and it didn't work. It felt, um, you know, inorganic that people were trying to force the chance. That, that was kind of the mood in the building. Um, and then we move on to Bobby Thatcher, you know, that that crowd was was firmly in Thatcher's favour. Favor. He was, you know, he's he's the saviour of WXW. He, he's the absolute crowd favourite. And, and then moving on to this, which is a completely different story of, you know, you're seeing someone, you know, lose their career in this in this company. And I suppose people probably maybe want the story told in a different way I, I don't know I, I see for me maybe because I loved it I don't know what they could have done differently because that's kind of what I expected from David Starr I think people didn't want it to come to this I think I think that's why a lot of people were down on it that WWE have blackballed this guy from their co-opted promotions yeah like I don't like I don't think now I do think people resented the match as a result of that, but I think they were going in sour from and, and justifiably so. I think they were going in sour from the very start. That David Starr he said it in in the speech himself. He didn't want to leave, and WXW didn't want him to leave. I didn't know until we got back to the hotel room at four o'clock in the morning, and I looked on Twitter all these rumors about. WWE forcing him out or blackballing him so I don't think that had anything to do with me or oh yeah no I, I just meant the more other negative people yeah on the match not in general you're not negative in general <laughs> <laughs> thanks but that bows Johnny I tell you <laughs> <laughs> because I do I remember very clearly when we got back to the hotel room and I was reading it on Twitter and Sarah was, I was going to say, beside me in bed. And I was reading it and I was genuinely shocked. And I was turning my phone to Sarah to show her like the tweets that were saying it. But I was, I ended up just showing her a picture of Chuck Taylor's dog while just looking really upset. <laughs> just going I had no idea and then showed her a picture of Chuck Taylor's dog um that yeah so that's my story <laughs> that was one of the most confusing things that happened to me because well, I want to I just want to preface this I was completely sober as well so I was like 
is this a thing that we like talked about earlier that I've forgotten? Like, are we supposed to be like shocked that Chuck Taylor has a dog? I'm like, no, we knew Chuck Taylor has a dog. His dog's called Walter, which is really funny. Um, yeah, that was that was very very confusing. <laughs> Um, Emma just turned into you. What did you rate this on Grapple? Huh? <laughs> five stars. Walter always gets a five. Um, yeah, the the David Starr stuff really is. I'm gonna say it, it's it's like a stinky. It's like a stinky smell hanging over the weekend. Really, to be honest, like when I I was lucky enough to be part of the media center um, again this year. And, you know, going in there and it was actually after the showcase on Sunday. And, you know, I have all these journalists around me asking all these questions. And, of course, they go straight in for the David Starr question. You know, like David Starr is done. What is he done? Is it because of WWE? And, you know, people basically just being like, why? Like, why are you letting this happen? Um, and like it makes no sense. They talked at length of how great David Starr was and how much they loved having him backstage. You know, even at the after party, David Starr was there and he was socializing with all the WXW, you know, the office and, and everything. Um, and it really, really bugs me as an independent wrestling fan why this company and I love WXW so much. I, it's one of my favorite companies in the whole world why they would let this you know organization influence who they can and can't book especially when it's someone like David Starr and take his wrestling aside you know uh, David Starr is one of the best wrestlers in the world you know we take the independent out of it he's one of the best wrestlers in the world right now and he's doing amazing things wherever he goes you know, they, they they adore him so much and he brings so much to the table, not just from the wrestling standpoint, but from a creative standpoint. And he speaks out for those, you know, who can't really speak out, you know, the unionization, which is partly the reason why they're blackballing him. And, you know, the, the rumors about him standing on the belt is why he, he isn't part of the company anymore. Um, it really does leave a sour taste in your mouth. And, and then, you know, we rock up to night three and, you know, we see Alexander Wolf being rolled out for the umpteenth time at one of these weekends as, as a special surprise. I mean, for me, that's not a fair trade off at all. I, I would much rather see David Starr come out on night three and wrestle a match than have Alexander Wolf. Um, I just want to get maybe your guys' thoughts on that and how you feel about this company. It's because like this company's being ravaged by WWE, um, you know, and it was actually I'm gonna say Alan Cheapshot in in the media center. He said WXW are basically getting the crumbs from WWE, um, yeah. You know, like well, what are your guys' feelings on that? And I'll let talk at length as much as you want about this. Who wants you to go, go first? Okay. But it wasn't even rolling out Alexander Wolf again. It was putting a belt on him as well. Like I, I don't know. The, of of all the the quote unquote co opted companies, they seem to be getting the least out of all of them. Um, like ICW got Triple H showing up. Um, Progress get guys for strong style every year. Evolve have half the Largo loop on their shows. All that seems to happen to WXW is they have NXT tapings on the same weekend, and they get all their guys pulled. Um, like. I, I don't know how, like, 
I don't want to speculate that they're, you know, that it's anything fiscal, but I just don't see what they're getting from this. It doesn't give them a bigger name. If anything, they were hotter two years ago when they were by themselves and it was CMJ and Tass running the show. Uh, that's like why we went. Like, I don't know if I hadn't gone before, you'd be able to convince me to go now um, to see. Like, it was a diverse field, but it was also sort of lacking in stars compared to previous years, especially because, you know, our two choices for winner, like most people's choices for the winner going in were either speedball as a feel-good thing or Euron Simmons, who has been, like, hot and cold in that company and, like, calling a spade a spade is really only there because WWE don't want him. So... I don't know. I I don't really see the benefit of it, and it's tag fest. It didn't impact the weekend, and I gave them the benefit of the doubt. But this time, it really did, and you wonder how long people are going to keep going and stomaching that. If we're going to keep coming away from the weekends, going, ah, oh, that was shit because, um, world of sports spooked Triple H. Yeah, it's it's funny that we we opened kind of this show with the talk of like the social aspect of the weekend and i think that has become more and more of a thing as we've gone on these trips and that's great and i i do feel like as as zig said there i feel like that's kind of the x factor that makes me think well i'll i'll probably always go on unless the the quality of the wrestling really drops off because it you know the first year we went, it wasn't just go and see some good wrestling. It was go and see some good wrestling, but you're also seeing you're seeing a, a tremendously professional organization with, you know, similar to our own, a, a super well-developed, homegrown field of wrestlers. So you're not just going there and seeing the imports. You're, um, uh, you're, you're seeing a unique field of talent. And, and you're seeing very good storylines peaking at the right time and you're seeing epics and all this other stuff. And now it's just ever since the WWE influence has creeped in, you've lost so much of that. Um, uh, and one of the things that I, I would love to ask if I was present at a, at a media thing, obviously they've gotten tons of questions about the WWE thing. And, and uh, you know, is this your decision? Is that your decision? Uh, what are you getting out of XYZ? The thing I would love to ask is just, how do you figure what what is the reasoning for like three consecutive weekenders you've had WWE running against you, uh, thereby you know confiscating half your talent basically? Like 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 what do they as a as a partner promotion are are they not talking to each other? Like are we actually supposed to believe it's a coincidence that they keep running against? uh you know this this huge partner there is like it's just there's so many questions and whereas me and zig were, were really high on that star match um i do think by the end of night three we'll probably get to that there in a few minutes leaving the weekend i was i was pretty down on that whole aspect of of, of wxw the, the wwe relationship it just felt like there was just too much uh too much of their influence too much of their meddling too much of their style of storytelling seeping in as well and um uh, and I remember, I think it was uh, Aaron wrote in his great write-up of the weekend, he put it as, as plainly as possible, which is, is that if he wanted to watch WWE, he would watch WWE. 
and I think that's my exact feeling on it there as well. There's never been, if you want to watch WWE content, even European WWE content specifically, it, there's literally never been a better time for you to do that. They put out so much content. So the idea that we should be excited or thankful for it seeping into our, to the independent companies we follow is, is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, sorry, just to step in there, Emma, before I'm, I let you kind of talk about your feelings on, on WXW's relationship with, with WWE, just back to your point about asking questions in the media centre and this, the scheduling of these events, and they just flat out all the time, they, they say it's a coincidence and, you know, mm. it's just whatever the way WWE do their scheduling. And I, I think it is really funny when you look at the cards for this weekend, the amount of NXT UK talent that was then on night three that were obviously really, really busy for uh, nights one and two off. And I don't know where the fuck they were um, in some half-filled arena. You know, we had Amal, we had Valkyrie, we had... Um, you know, Ilya Dragunov, we had Walter come back, we we had all of these people just filing in, you know, oh yeah, we're here now for night three, and I just don't know how going forward they can build their cards with, with you know, this going on, you know, like they've, they've said that they can't book a long term anymore, because they don't know, first of all, who's going to get signed, uh, and second of all, when tapings are going to be, and when half their ta- like half their talent are gone and and just going back to it like their main event scene has has been totally gutted now um but by WWE or um WWE decisions that have been made on WXW's behalf so do you remember that that first year we went the thing that blew us away was that again you know the long-term storytelling was one of the selling points because they just of their own volition, he wasn't hurt or he didn't need any time off. They wrote Ilya Dragunov out of their stories for like two or three months purely for the purpose of giving him a big pop when he came back at Carrot. And that was what, that was a moment that's still talked about now, uh, three years later or two years later, as this great moment in, in like recent indie history. And and then, you know, we got to go listen to CMJ at the time talk at, at the media center about how the, the intricacies of how that was planned and why they did it and how they did it. And, yeah, as you said, now they, they freely admit, well, that kind of thing just can't happen anymore because you, you, you take a guy like Dragunov off, off your shows for a couple of months planning to bring him back on this weekend. And then, oh, what do you know? He's needed elsewhere. Um, and it's not even it's not even always stuff like tapings. Like remember when the the young guns got pulled from from OTT to to work a Florida house show like a, a couple of months ago, like not even televised. Like you just yeah, pretty the, deadly. Oh, sorry, yes, pretty deadly. I, I I will forever get those two mixed up despite being absolutely nothing alike. <laughs> um, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, pretty deadly. Sorry, they they were pulled from an OTT show to work a, a Florida house show. I mean, it's just bizarre. I mean, they, they you know. There, there's so many different reasons they can get pulled, and on the one hand, you you want to be sympathetic to WXW, go, oh well, you know, it's not their fault. But on the other hand, it's like you know, you didn't you didn't have to partner up with these guys, and it, you know, you you could take the stance that okay, if you're signed, you know, farewell. But like a lot of European promotions, I feel like they probably think their back is against the wall, and they've limited options. Um. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I think it's very interesting. If you look at the people who are 
the most upset about it though it is we are a small minority we are a small vocal minority in the wxw crowd it is the british and the irish the german fans and i could be wrong but they don't seem to mind they they all really enjoyed alexander wolf appearing you know they Mm -hmm. they really they welcome back the guys with open arms i don't think they see what we see we have seen Brit Red be like be attacked by WWE. We have, and we've seen them close down promotions, and we've seen everyone just be plucked out of nowhere to not plucked out of nowhere, but plucked out of a really good scene, and then just to be sat on a bench for months. We're not seeing our favorite wrestlers being good matches anymore. Whereas, I think the German fans are really quite enjoying seeing one of their own make it to the big stage, whether it be for, a, you know, one match a month, if they're lucky. So I think that's I, just, sorry. Go. No. I, I was just going to say, do you, do you think that's naive on their part? Because we all thought that at the start yes. originally too. Because you're no, definitely right. Do. In the room, they were ecstatic. But I, I think that they, they're quite maybe insular, that maybe they, they just don't see what we see and they're not as terminally online as we are <laughs> that maybe but you don't know that you're not on german twitter with me <laughs> maybe <laughs> I, I think they're taking it kind of as a, a lot more as face value than we are where we look for every little thing and we do and we sometimes end up ruining it for ourselves but i wouldn't have it any other way um, <laughs> so as WXW stands, I don't know that they see that that this is really affecting them that negatively. Like, oh, maybe they'll see a lot, you know, some of the the overseas fans dropping off. You know, maybe we'll stop going, maybe we'll stop talking about it. But maybe they'll just keep building their local scene. So from that point of view, maybe it doesn't really bother them. Or maybe it does bother them, and this is also what I believe, that I think they're stuck in a deal with the devil and they can't get out. Because we don't, we're not privy to how the non-big weekenders are drawing. Do you know what I mean? Is is the show with Bobby Guns and Vinny Vortex on top, is, is that drawing well? Probably not. I think they are. I think WXW are having um great time financially. Sorry, I can't talk anymore. Um, I think they're having a great time financially um, and, and something that they did mention, I'm sorry, I keep going back to this media centre, but I suppose that's why I was there is like talk about it, um, was the fact that like this happened to them, you know, back in 2016 when Tommy End was signed, when Axel Dieter Jr. was signed, when, you know, Shane Strickland went away for other reasons, um, you know, that, that they have had their scene, I suppose, dismantled before and they they built up again but I, I think this is a bit of a different situation now that we're in because it's like a half and half people aren't fully gone and I think that's nearly what annoys me the most it's like you have Walter you know a couple of weekends a year you have Ilya in and out in and out and like I just fear I'm like what happens 
you know, the day that they're just snatched away from WXW. And you don't have Walter anymore. You don't have Ilya anymore. And you don't have all of these people. You know, I think that's really what WXW are relying on. And, and now we'll get on to him too, because I think he's a big part of WXW. And, and especially really why I went to a lot of these weekends. You know, Timothy Thatcher and, and his story in WXW. And he is someone that we never thought would would go off and and, and move to to Orlando and and go to the performance center but but now even Tim is gone i mean i i still really don't know how i feel about all of that um in regards to Timothy Thatcher of course i'm i'm happy for Tim and the you know i want him to make lots of money and i want him to retire happy and etc cetera, etc cetera, but he is someone I'm really, really going to miss over these weekends. And I'm not going to lie, I bawled my eyes out um, the minute his match was over on the Sunday night because I don't know when I'll see him wrestle again in, in person. And, and seeing Tim Thatcher wrestle in person is a really special experience that I'm so happy that we've all gotten to experience so many times in, in us traveling over to WXW. Well, NXT UK have a show coming up. Do they? Well, <laughs> they might run it from Enfield instead. But... Yeah, there's always something so special about seeing Tim wrestle. Because, and because he isn't online and he doesn't, you don't really know much about him outside of the wrestling. So when he pops up at, at a show, it always feels so special. And he is just a fucking fantastic wrestler and you know not only I don't know when I'm going to see him again wrestle live I don't know if I'm ever going to see him wrestle again because I'm not probably not going to watch I can't think of the last indie wrestler I loved that when they showed up to have a WWE match I was like oh I better I better check that out and that ship has long sailed so I think I'm with you on that one I agree Um, unless he has a match with Daniel Bryan I'll probably watch that yeah. But, uh, yeah. Hopefully, hey, we can we can hope. I hope he's on ride along. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'd all watch that. Yeah. With uh, hmm, who would be the best person for him to be on ride along? Byron with? Saxton. Uh, I was gonna say Big E, but I was just gonna uh, say Stokely. Oh, you guys are being serious. Okay. I'm always being serious. Um. Wonder where Sarah is. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah, please, come on, put us out of our misery. Control us. Sorry, I was waiting for you to say someone else. And actually, I won't lie. I thought I was talking there for a second, but I realised I didn't mute myself. I was having a proper conversation. Um, just moving on to night three, um, which is the somber part of our podcast. Um, you know, we did say goodbye to Tim. It was him and Ishikawa, um, his beloved trainer, his idol, and someone who we got to see him wrestle um, last year, Carrot, and got to see him against him in Inner Circle as well, um, which was a really big weekend for Tim. And and to have him there against um, Walter and Akeda, I think, was really, really special. Um, I don't think Tim could have gone out in any other match other than that, to be honest. Um, and then in, in the classic Tim Thatcher style, he... Um, couldn't make a speech because he said that basically he would start crying 
and that made me cry and I think made a lot of us shed a few tears um, and then the roster coming out to say goodbye to Tim and I think from that note I think that the night just went south um, and then we had um, it was meant to be a singles match between Avalanche and Ilya Dragunov um, but then it was made a three-way dance and I think those words have now lost all of its magic to me because we then saw Alexander Wolf. It wasn't bad bones like I think, like I think I wanted on the night because I thought it would have been hilarious. Um, that would have been brilliant. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Like that would have been a great callback. Just have yeah. bad bones come out. That's that's what I hated most about it is that it steamrolled over that great moment. Now it's lost all of its magic. Like yeah. That moment was magic for so long, and we mentioned it earlier. Like that's something that we still talk about is is Ilya's return and how special yeah. that was. And now I'm just gonna think Alexander Wolf. We 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 love a good callback, but is there anything worse than when like the 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 follow up is just a pale pale impersonation? Oh, yeah. And this is this was the moment where yeah we, there was that bit of disconnect because uh, most of the Germans did go wild. And we all sat on our phones. I think we felt so defeated. I think that was just the moment where everyone gave up. No one wanted to watch it. No one cared. They were right, little grumps. Yeah, I think Snowboy even on the night posted a video of all of us on our phones, and it's, <laughs> it's like oh, I feel so bad because. I think Avalanche Ilya would have been a great little match. Um, those guys have a ton of history with Cerberus. You know, back in the day, they're stable and and all the stories that were going to come through that. And uh, like, I wouldn't say it was going to be my most anticipated match of the weekend, but I know it was going to be a nice little little night three match for us all for the for the shotgun title. And 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 now Alexander Wolf is is champion and says he's going to stay in Germany until he loses the belt like he's not going back to America but you know I have in the back of my mind well what if you're needed for I don't know fucking do a five live some night in front of nobody like you know what's going to happen Jesus, then? was he sick <laughs> <laughs> but also like he's not now he's not going to be able to leave Germany for quite a while because all their shows have been postponed so shit one for you, Wolfie. Oh yeah, Wolfie. <laughs> Sorry, was that a howl, Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, a sad howl. But it didn't even make sense. Like, imagine if on NXT UK, Alexander Wolf won in a three-way with Ilya Dragunov. We'd be just pissing ourselves laughing. Like, oh, that's ridiculous. How could that? ever happen and then it just could you believe they signed avalanche what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> i'd be happy for avalanche and then yeah for it to happen then it didn't make any sense i think it kind of made avalanche look shit also, yeah, which wasn't fair that's not fair here's your guy who's also like stepped in as the trainer hasn't he yeah he's not and he's sorry he's not yeah. only stepped in as the trainer but he also now helps basically produce WXW he's basically now the Walter did I drop that? yeah and now here's a guy that's wrestled twice for you in the last four years five years and he's taken the fucking 
oh, I was really mad. And I, yeah, no, I'm still mad. As Emma said, we were all on our phones for that match. We are usually staunch wrestling observers. Um, yeah, and I, I was accused of looking at Twitter in day mode. That was actually Instagram, DZ, you little creep. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, also, he, can't, he can't talk. I just saw him as we were booting up this show, getting ready to go. I saw him being instructed on the timeline yeah. to, sw- to switch his tweets to um, uh, in chronological tweets. order, which is the only way to, to view that app. Um, but yes, yeah, so DZ, stay in, stay in your lane, youngster. All right, calm down. I, Zig, Zig's been around the block. Just back to me being angry. Um, I think... <laughs> What made me even more angry was trying to explain to, you know, some people around me who maybe didn't really understand the story, didn't know who who was who and who was coming out. Trying to explain to them why I was angry was making me angrier because I realized maybe I do sound really petty. I will happily admit that I'm very petty because I am. <laughs> like, that's plain and simple. I want good wrestling. I want logical, consistent storylines. And I don't want people waltzing in, getting a title shot. When, sorry, I'm pretty sure he lost to Marius Alani last time he showed up. Um, just waltzing in and winning. I don't like it. And I think moving on, the, the night further went south, well, for me anyway, and I think all of you would agree, um, when it came to our main event, um, it was Speedball Mike Beatty versus Cara Noir. And I think you know, we, we, we went to the final four and it was Eddie Kingston against Cara Noir and it was Jürgen Simmons against Speedball Mike Beatty. And... Um, once Speedball beat Jürgen Simmons, it was fantastic, great Speedball oh. finals. Um, and then it came to Cara against um, Eddie Kingston. And I think, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think we're all in the same boat that we really wanted Eddie Kingston to win. Um, Eddie Kingston had a fantastic weekend, cutting fantastic promos throughout. And, you know, it would have been a really good face versus heel final with the, the crowd being staunchly behind Speedball, um, who was, for me, we'll get into in a bit, the MVP of the weekend, um, you know, against Eddie Kingston. But in, instead, we had the Black Swan uh, progress champion, Cara uh, Noir, going into the finals. I want to get your guys' thoughts on the finals, um, when I suppose the penny dropped for you, of what was going to happen, and then how you felt leaving the Turbine and Halle or the Turbs, uh, Emma, if you want to kick us off. Um, I think the minute Cara Noir was in the final, I knew Cara Noir was winning. And I guess I, I started watching it already deflated. And then... The match itself, I just didn't find that good. There was so much of them just feeling each other out and just staring at each other and just kind of trying to second guess each other. But there was too much of that. This was the final of a three day tournament. You know, just they should be just getting into it and they should be trying to win as quickly as possible. Because that's what I loved actually about Sixteen Card was the length of the matches had been like really good, usually under 15 minutes. And that's the sort of shit I like. 
I think I was just so deflated maybe watching it. So maybe I didn't give it a chance. I don't know if I want to watch it back. Um, I don't think I will. But I was really depressed and I felt like shit leaving. I had no voice and I was tired and I was sad. And then when we were walking out... <laughs> WXW camera crew stopped oh, me. Oh <laughs> my god, yes, my highlight of the weekend. And asked me if I could say a few words for their documentary. And I explained that I didn't have a voice, but I would. And they asked me that. I actually I'm not gonna say what I said because I'm gonna wait and see if they put it on their little documentary, which they definitely won't. <laughs> So, if you want to know how I felt about it, WSW, release the tapes. <laughs> release the tapes. Release the tapes. Uh, Barry, Lovely. how did you feel uh, leaving the Tribune and Holler, the penny drop and, and thoughts of the match? Yeah, the, the, the penny drop, I think, is, is, is the perfect phrase. It was just kind of... it. I think conflicting was kind of the, the word in my head because it's like... There was good matches on night three, and even the final aspects of it weren't bad. Um, but it, it, it was like, it felt like the whole experience has been compromised, is basically um, uh, my, my takeaway from it. Like, I, I can't in good faith say, uh, you know, it's shit and I hate it all. And, uh, you know, WXW is now just, you know, Kona Reeves versus Marius Alani. Like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that but it's it just it's tainted and it's just it's just like ever so slightly off like you know when, when, when we take stock of what we saw that weekend we still saw tons of great stuff but there's just there's a, a, a tinge to it now that's just slightly off um yeah so it didn't sit well with me and, and, and as was mentioned the missing out on 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 the open goal of uh eddie kingston versus speedball mike bailey in the final uh it's not only is that disappointing because that because oh hey that would have been a good match but we were talking earlier about how wxw is a promotion run by and for nerds like i just feel like two years ago they would have seen the opportunity to do that match and said yes absolutely that's at the very least that's a semi-final if not a final um but it just seems like those um those days are gone and that uh that sense of intuition in them is is gone or, or changed somewhat so yeah zig do you feel the same way yeah, um, I was ultimately deflated coming out of it, and I think a little bit unfairly as well, um, because of like who was in the final. Like at the end of the day, Carnoir isn't signed. Do you know like he isn't a WWE guy? Yeah. But it was because he was Progress Champion that it just seemed like he's being groomed to be. A WWE guy, and in many ways, that's not fair on him. And it is, as Emma said, a bit petty on our part. But it just felt with the way the rest of the night had gone that it had their sort of fingerprints all over us. And as Barry said, it was their type of match. It was an NXT main event where neither of them could believe what was going on and they spent so much time kicking out of each other's moves and being surprised that they were kicking out of each other's moves. Like I didn't even watch the last takeover. I'm over that style and I didn't need it coming into 
are independent promotions and like you know even in OTT we have a bit of a problem with over dramatics in our own main events but it's it's not like this it's not that overwrought sort of amateur hour acting and like whatever about Carnoir he's a theatrical guy but I wouldn't have ever associated him with that and I definitely wouldn't have associated speedball with that type of wrestling so it was, it was just shit to see two guys that I actually do rate as wrestlers and who had good weekends capping it off with a really poor match and then what I felt was the wrong result as well. Yeah, do you think do you think that actually was an agitating factor is that it was Bailey specifically in there doing the oh my god, I'm going to have to kill you to win this match. Like it's just not it's not his thing. Like I, I think that was a definitely an agitating factor for sure. Not yeah. just that we don't like that style, but it's that that's not his style. And um, definitely. Yeah. he hadn't had a match like that all weekend. You know, it's not like they were even building to it. Like, yeah. If you'd even put little nuggets in, like, oh, he had to, you know, go a bit further than he wanted to against like um, Yearn or something like that. But they didn't even. It just came completely out of nowhere, and. They just had Caranoir kick out of his super finisher as well, which they just established earlier in the night. Oh no, it was so stupid. And I'm still angry. Again, <laughs> you 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 loop back into if you're gonna do that kind of match, why didn't you do it with Eddie Kingston? He's right there. Why not? Yeah. Craziness. Um, I do think what you were saying about Cara not being a WWE guy and, and maybe we're being unfair. I, I I do think about that quite a lot because I remember I think it was in the lead up to the the star title win over Devlin. I remember in the weeks coming up to that we would just talk endlessly about what's gonna happen. Can he be Devlin? Will that be allowed? You know, uh, uh, you know X Y Z is is this match gonna end in a non finish? I, I I do think sometimes again uh, due to our, our terminal online brain disease. Um, uh, and uh, and uh, <laughs> passionate, passionate distaste for WWE. I, I I do think we sometimes tie ourselves in knots and, and work ourselves into shoots on a on a weekly basis. Um, at the end of the day, they might have just decided, hey, Karen Noir is hot uh, at the moment, so let's push him. But it is it it's suspect that he kind of won the progress title out of the blue, and then he isn't even a regular in WXW for for, for, for you know in uh, up until very very recent memory. Um, but uh, yeah, we maybe maybe we all just need to calm down and take a step back. Well, that's definitely like true, it. but we're not doing that. No. <laughs> the, the other thing about them going with Kara is as well like they used to be sort of the first for that. Yeah. And copy and progress is about the lamest thing you can do, and I think a lot Ooh. of us sort of really didn't like that either. Like if progress of beating you to the jump on someone, you're already behind. Yeah, for sure. And that's that was kind of what made the Thatcher and Star departures um so sad. And you know, part of what choked me up about the Thatcher thing is that like these are guys who came from elsewhere and effectively uprooted their lives because of what their connection was to WXW. And you're right. They, I mean, uh, WXW was with Star uh, way before. I think that's one of the first places I'd ever heard of him. Uh, despite being Amer- you know American based at the time, and Thatcher, I mean, I'd heard of Thatcher, but 
I thought you were saying you were American based at the time. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was, I was working in Philly. I, I, I had never you know. heard of Star, despite myself living in the mountains of Georgia. And I, I and I used to talk to Deej all the time, and I was like, Deej, this no, lad's gone to Germany. We don't have, we haven't had our Deej corner yet, so. Oh, sorry, I, 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 I won't get into the, I won't, I won't spoil the Deej uh, pot. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. So they they were typically ahead of the curve on 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 those two big guys who are now gone on the same weekend. They're kind of aping progress. So it's uh, quite quite the whirlwind of of uh, occurrences in in one weekend. Yes, that's wrestling and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I left the Turbine and Halle for the first time ever in tears and not in in a good way, in in a very negative way. Just with the result of the main event, um. Maybe it's because I was staunchly behind Speedbot from the get-go. He was my pick for the whole tournament, to be quite honest. Um, you know, from from the you know Alexander Wolf stuff and just even some of the WXW's own booking that evening with the Alexander James Killer Kelly storyline that just didn't seem to end. Um, I have we not talked about that yet? I, oh, I, oh, I that would make me even angrier. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I don't think we should. Um. Like I, I really left the Turbine and Holly, and I suppose in, and I wouldn't really consider myself to be very negative on wrestling. I I would consider myself to be quite positive, and and I always try and see the upsides and everything, but I just really couldn't then. Um, I I was so upset and so sad, and I just wanted to go back to the hotel and go to bed and just end the weekend, and that was it. Like I, it was it was nearly like a write off. Even though, you know, when I look back now on the weekend as a whole, like it was a fantastic weekend with fantastic wrestling. And there's one match on night three that I think we will get to now in a minute because I do not want to end this podcast on on, on a sour note. Um, but yeah, like Karen Noir, I I do like. I I think he's a captivating character, especially if you see him for the first time. You know, his entrance is very special. His offense is, is you know, theatrical. It's, it's quite interesting. And, you know, he, he is, you know, a character, which is something you don't really see a lot now in, in maybe independent wrestling. And I think what maybe did annoy me was the fact that that was his first ever time wrestling in a WXW ring. You know, like he showed up to challenge Mario Solani um, two months prior on a show and, it was never like why did he show up? Why did he challenge Marius Alani? Like why was that a story going into the weekend? And um, you know, or maybe I'll look back and think that was the right call. Kara is going to be good for WX to be going forward, but I think it's because you know all the weekends prior with the lucky kid win the year previous, he had a story throughout the tournament, and actually Andy, you know, having a story, Ilya Dragunov, Chris Hero, Shingo. Uh, Tommy N, all these people had stories and, and a story to tell uh, throughout their tournament wins, but I just don't think I, I saw it with, with Cara. But, um, I think I'll leave it at that for the negativity, and I think maybe we should move on to... you know, I our... had a bit more negativity. <laughs> <laughs> I will actually start to cry. Um, no, wait, Sarah, I have more on Valerie. Also, her tone at 6 o'clock on Friday evening... <laughs> But no, I was just thinking, just you mentioning Lucky there, like, that was one of the big reasons we were down this weekend, because how much they ruined him. Do you want to explain what they did with Lucky Kid? 
Well, yeah, so Lucky won the tournament last year and they've beat him like a drum ever since. Um, and then this weekend, he had a storyline where an eye was distracting him, which led to him getting eliminated in the tournament. But then it turned out he was the eye in a very clever ruse. Like, let's be honest. Um, he's benefited nothing from this by getting a mini Authors of Pain who are smaller than him. In a, in, a, in a weird moment of this would have looped around and made it actually hilarious, we were trying to figure out was one of them the driller? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all baloney. He was just on NXT the other day. God, imagine, <laughs> yeah. You do a job and you're straight back onto WXW. <laughs> there you go, Tass. We gave you the driller. All the Brits love him. <sighs> he wouldn't even entrance music. He wouldn't have the pow, uh, pow. Uh, you know the one showed Dan. I don't recognise your version, no. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, can we? Okay, can we be? Can we get away from the bad stuff? Sorry, me and Barry are hard hitting journalists. Sorry that my cover of pow. Was Why so are you and Barry hard hitting journalists? Because we well, kept. With the negativity, and Barry keeps mentioning that he's a journalist. Oh, that's true. I do have a degree, just to be clear. They taught it the first day of journalism school. We all have <laughs> degrees, mate. Mine's about journalism. About journalism. So, so is one of <laughs> I mine. I've learned about journalism. Uh, I've written for upwards of two things, Emma. All right, so let's. Get some perspective. Actually, let's not get perspective. I might. Oh, get sad. <laughs> let's not be sad. No. I think let's move on to our positives of the weekend. So, um, you know, on night three there was a fantastic match. Um, it was Jeff Cobb, Julian Pace, and uh, Bandido. Bandido, and wasn't the guy from the showcase on it? it was Tariq yeah. Hector Invictus. Hector Invictus, yes, that's right. And Puma King and Black Taurus. I mean, looking back on night three, I think that match was absolutely brilliant and really solidified nearly all of those guys, except for maybe Hector. (laughs) It was definitely, we're going to look back in a few years and be like, wow, who was that guy? Why was he in that match? Why wasn't it rotation? Um, Looking back, um, but like Bandido... Um, really was a standout for the weekend. I don't, we haven't really mentioned his name at all in the podcast, and he had a great tournament, a great match with Speedball, which is actually my match of the weekend. Um, and then going on to this, your thoughts on that match and just how great it was. And you know, when you look back at WXW weekends, they are really good for their L uh, six man tag matches on on the night three. Um, Emma, I'll le- maybe lead with you, and you can. Give us some Black Taurus love as well. Oh, I'm so full of Black Taurus love. Um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. It was just what you wanted. And I think going into it, we all, you know, we all saw the Lucha guys and we all, I think, presumed we'd get a team of Bandido Taurus and Puma King against, but we couldn't really make up a team on the other side. So I think with them splitting up, the Lucha guys was actually a good idea because you had Bandido who was essentially hold, like not holding the match together, but he was kind of the ring general in this in this thing. Because 
actually, like Jeff Cobb didn't really do much in that match, did he? Or did he? Uh, he threw a few teased, people around. He teased okay. a dive, which is the greatest thing oh, any wrestler yeah. can do. Oh, yeah, good one. Um, so yeah, oh. it was great because and I don't think we've talked enough about Puma King as well because he is fantastic, and it was great. I think he was um great in this because he adds a bit of kind of spectacle to everything. He loves to like blow his little feathers and stuff. Oh, I'm making him sound like. Like such a dweeb. <laughs> he's not. He's very manly and cool. Um. So yeah, it was great, and it really brought everyone up, only to be um sent crushing down again. I also thought it was good. Um, <laughs> WXW are very good at doing the sort of six man uh, tag on the night three. It's the same as the night two title match. It's sort of become one of their calling cards. Um, I didn't like as much as the the Lucha Bros Schadenfreude one, but it was still of a pretty high standard. It's probably one of the the second best one we've seen on our, on our time going to WXW. Um, it's just a nice fun match to get you in high spirits um, as a bit of a palate cleanser. Sorry, do you echo the same feelings? I strongly echo the same. It was great. Bandito was. We've seen Bandito a couple of times, and God, he was in his element. He was just so, so great. Uh, really, really, really great presence amidst all the craziness. Yeah, really loved it. Yeah, and I think now to wrap up, I'm just, I'm going to name some of my MVPs, um, some maybe, you know, the, the highlights of my weekend that we haven't really talked about, but uh, Speedball is my number one wrestler of the weekend. I think he had... You know, maybe the main event aside of night three, the best tournament and the best run, the best story and everything he did just really landed with me, to be quite honest. Um, and then I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Russ Taylor as well. Um, I think he had a brilliant weekend as well. A great showing and ambition. Um, I think he's really gotten the fans on side. He He's really just... Um, something else and I'm really happy that he's getting the love now he's a guy who's been around for a while and I'm sure um, on Journey Through Grill Island in a few years time we're we're going to be talking about him um, quite a lot you know a former fighting Taylor boy Uh, great stuff from him and I'm really hoping that he's a WXW regular I really think he could be um, a shining light in WXW and um, I'm going to mention him first, and I'm hoping you guys will mention him too. Um, seeing DJ Hyde come out for the JAA Tag Invitational on, on night two, um, which is a spectacle in itself. And I would urge everyone to even just look at the graphics that were used for that for that match on night two. Um, it definitely should be a shirt. Seeing DJ Hyde, something that I never thought I'd get to see. Uh, I never thought I'd get to meet the man. And never thought I'd get to sing the, the you know the CZW theme song at him, an absolute highlight of my weekend and and brought me so much joy. Zig, if you want to go through your favorites and then go uh, Barry Emma, I'm I'm gonna wrap it up. Overall MVP, I think yeah, I'd I'd agree with you that Speedball. I think he had the best tournament of everyone, um, and then he had ambition as well in his back pocket. So so that that always helps your your standing. So. Bandido, obviously, but then the the guys that I think whose stock rose the most over the weekend were actually the Young Guns. Um, 
when they came in for ambition, they blew everyone away and everyone loved them. And that carried over into night two when they won the uh, JAA uh, number one contenders invitational, which was um, uh, sort of a random pick tournament, uh, a gauntlet match. And they were guys who'd never paired together. So everyone else was a hodgepodge of random teams, which is how DJ Hyde got introduced. But the young guns, having never actually wrestled in WXW proper, had never teamed together either. So they came in as the last team and won. And then they had a really good showing against JAA the next day, uh, coming up short in the tag title match. Um, but I think the crowd, like, I think they got everyone on their side. And I think if there was a tag fest this year, I think they'd have been uh, one of the first teams on the run sheet. Um, as for moments, I think seeing Daisuke Okada for the first time, I had no idea who he was. I just knew he was someone I was meant to <laughs> have respect for. But uh, <laughs> with his incredible match um, at Ambition and then a really, really good tag match was Walter Tim and Ishikawa and he wore a sweet camo duster. Um, and then just from a social aspect, I thought the um, after party was the best one in a good while. Um, we left Tag League or Tag Fest pretty disappointed in it um they'd sort of segregated the wrestlers and the uh fans and not like down there wanting to be mates with the wrestlers but that was one of the the big pushes of wxw that it was a big social gathering for everyone and everyone was equal that sort of stuff and i felt that they sort of pushed that back into the fore this year and making the karaoke a lot more wider uh, a wider variety of songs and karaoke certainly helped as well. So yeah, that's me. Uh, yeah, for me, I think someone I was, someone I like, but I was actually surprised to see how much I enjoyed them at the weekend was uh, Ridgeway. Um, this is my first time seeing him since he came back from Japan, and I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but I just thought he was so much better um, uh, than than the last time I saw him. And and basically every match he had, he killed it. I thought he was really really great. And, um, uh, you know, while not maybe not in, in just in terms of the, the the raw star ratings, if you want to fire up the grapple, I don't think he, he was quite nipping at the heels of Bailey. Uh, but I thought he was really, really consistent and really tremendous um, and, and perfect in that kind of hard hitting, uh, like undercard guy role that he was in. So I really love that. And uh, yeah, I would echo also the love for the after party. Much improved this year. Great, great, great crack um, uh, with with all of you, but also everyone else uh, there as well. It was uh, every, everyone was well up for it as well. I think the organizing of it at Tag Fest wasn't great. And also, just think everyone was in a weird mood. It was just like people were not up for it. Whereas this year, it was uh, everyone was was in the uh, the spirit. So that was great. Um, yeah, I I feel like I'm just gonna be repeating what everyone else is saying. Um. Speedball was absolutely, I think he was the man of the tournament. Um, also, special shout out to his little shorts that he wore for Ambition. They were definitely a highlight. Um, the entire JAA tag team gauntlet, I just loved. And I love, I love tag teams and I love kind of a bit of silliness but then mixed with some good wrestlers and then Black Taurus being with Avalanche and there were two big meaty men slapping meat um, and then DJ Hyde coming out was just so unexpected and 
wonderful and the man can't even take a spear so that was a huge highlight and then getting to talk to him at the after party and he absolutely charmed I was gonna say charm the pants off me <laughs> I mean yeah <laughs> he kind of did and um, he was very charming and complimentary and I'll leave it at that. Um, other highlights. <laughs> Just DJ Hyde, really. Um, what about Anthony Green singing Outsize Baby? Oh, Anthony Green sing. Yes. Sorry, Anthony Green did Outsize Baby at the karaoke. And he didn't even look at the words. He just kind of performed to us. And I thought it was really funny because it wasn't like there was any other wrestlers in the crowd, really. <laughs> um, he was just performing for us. And luckily he wasn't looking at the screen because all of the words were wrong. They were badly translated, but uh, that was amazing. And he became my favorite wrestler purely for his vanilla ice impression. And his Zubas, his Zubas were sick. And how peaceful he looked when we were all on the plane home. That was another highlight. Um, it was, D- so DJ Hyde, I... After, you know, talking to him at the after party, I saw him around the entire weekend um, and I would get very <laughs> flustered and start blushing. Um, and then he was at the airport on the last day when we were going home. He was on our flight and I was desperately um, putting on makeup in case he sat beside me <laughs> because I, I, I decided that I've fallen in love with DJ Hyde and I'm going to make him my husband. Um, but... They had actually got three seats together, but Anthony, so it was Anthony Green, um, Joe Gacy and DJ Hyde and Anthony Green (laughs) got the window seat and he was, he had his head against the side of the plane. Before we had even boarded, he was fast asleep and poor Joe in the middle. They're they're heavyweight champion, by the way. Yeah. Just in the middle of um, Anthony and DJ Hyde. No room for his elbows or his belt. Um, it was it was a really nice way to end the trip. And DJ Hyde had obviously never heard of Chris Brooks either. Because <laughs> oh, he yeah. pointed at Sarah's at Sarah's jumper and goes, Death by roll up. Oh, you really popped me with that one. What's what's that? <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Joe Gacy didn't know what a roll up was? <laughs> Of course, he's like, you know, like an inside cradle. He's like, oh, okay. It was really awkward as well because we were stuck there for, <laughs> it felt like 10 minutes. It was probably 30 seconds, but it felt really long. And I was like, I just want to move on now. And then Anthony Green wakes up and he has a little look as well. And I was like, these are, <laughs> stop looking at me. I'm but it was great because at no point did DJ Hyde stop pointing at her. <laughs> <laughs> Should should have gone on Wikipedia and pulled up his own tag team championship lineage and, and yeah. given him a little history lesson. <laughs> Sorry, he didn't watch his Lucha Forever tapes. <laughs> but it was a nice tonic after the last kind of 30 minutes of stress that we'd been through where we nearly had to leave Barry in Germany. Oh, yeah, I forgot and about we that. Also, we also had lost young Sean. Mm-hmm. Well, our, he just didn't get up. Our young child um, because he slept in. And we didn't know his surname, so we didn't know how to call his roots. So really fun 
journey home after the like Emma said the the panic of the previous 30 minutes um I think it's a weekend that we we won't really forget um I know it got quite negative towards the end but there was a lot a lot of highlights and, and I do stress um if anyone is interested in going to a WXW weekend um they are an experience um WXW for me is one of the most welcoming companies um, I've ever gotten to experience. Um, I've had nothing but really good interactions with people there, um, like a lot of the staff at WXW, some of the fans, except for the ones that wear uh, denim dungarees every single weekend. Um, mm-hmm. so it's it, it, it's really a really, really good experience. And, and if you are on the fence, um, well, for now, I wouldn't let the, the WWE powers that be affect you going because it is for the social aspect it is really really interesting and 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 fun and you know jd drake's on the next show so uh you know might end up going to one or two nights who knows um (laughs) um but it was a really really fun weekend and and wwe aside you know even the showcase that they had showcasing all of the other companies you know like white wolf and rising sun and and czw like that even had some good matches with with joe gacy against anthony green that i actually will urge you guys to go watch because it actually was really good and definitely um one of the top matches of the weekend um but yeah i I think that wraps up um this special episode of sarah and sarah i'm gonna now pass it on to you all for any plugs that you want to make um who wants to get first dibs on plugging our own podcast and basically anything else that you want to plug any writing other podcasts and your your twitter handles and whoever wants to to go first and um, yeah, I'd like to plug our podcast, Journey Through Gorilla Island. Um, you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're not usually as negative on that. Um, it's a lot more fun. Um, even if you have never watched PWG, you don't need to. Um, because we barely watch it. Uh, but we still like to talk about it. Um, that's not a very good plug, is it? No, it's really good fun. So listen to it and also follow me at o underscore emma g don't dm me dog pics it's not cute anymore uh that's it thanks <laughs> dick pics only <laughs> please yes <laughs> okay uh you can follow me at the barry lad on twitter um i like the sound of that podcast emma mentioned there i might check that out myself sounds pretty good sounds pretty hilarious um i think it was, i think it was uh journey through gorilla island was it emma um yeah okay sounds good that is that is on just to confirm that is on soundcloud and all other popular podcast streaming services is that correct yeah good sounds excellent um uh, so i'll be checking that out uh, and yeah you can follow me on twitter as well for just heaps of other completely irrelevant shite i'm at zig on the rocks um yeah i was on the progress paradise um this week or last week, whenever this comes out. Um, so, if you subscribe to that, go listen to that. Oh, it's and I'm a, sorry it, for offending all the straight men who unfollowed me. Please follow me back. Um, and any straight men who want to follow me in defiance of Emma, you're all very welcome. <laughs> very good. Um, and you can follow me at Sarah Flan or at the two Sarahs um, for all that great stuff. 
Um, so I will catch you guys next time. Uh, might see you on another island. But for now, goodbye. Bye. 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 Now the show is over And we still haven't met Rover Time to get some rest and recharge But join us next time, won't you? And we'll discuss all those big issues Like Jesus, Waller's hands are so damn large Making friends and making times And wrestling round the world